the trade deadline has come and passed. What moves did the Detroit Pistons make? Or maybe more importantly, what moves did the Detroit Pistons not make? We'll talk about that on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. Per usual, I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you have not already, head to our YouTube channel, hit the subscribe button. If you're watching this on YouTube and you haven't hit the subscribe button, go ahead and do that. What you're waiting for, you enjoy the content every day. Go ahead and support the channel, hit that subscribe button. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, but let's just get right into it, man. There's no 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 sibling or having fun or, or goofing around or whatever. The trade deadline has come and passed. I'm recording this two hours after the deadline has passed, which was 3 p.m. Eastern time. The Pistons did make a move. They did. But it was not the move all of us thought was going to happen. Or actually, I won't say that. I feel like a lot of us thought that this was a possibility uh, that the move they did end up making, which I'll go ahead and spoil it. It's not really a spoiler. If you guys have been following the Pistons at all, you have a Twitter, you have a phone, anything. You know that they traded for Marvin Bagley. Uh, but the move that everyone was waiting to see happen, the move that everyone wanted to see, uh, was waiting to see happen, Jeremy Grant, he was not moved. They kept him past the deadline. And Shams Shaneri, I believe I'm saying his name right, uh, of the – I believe he's with the athletic now, of uh, the reporter. Uh, he said that Jeremy Grant and the Detroit Pistons are moving forward comfortably together. Um, so we got a lot of stuff to talk about. I honestly was trying to figure out which one I want to talk about first, Marvin Bagley trade or Jeremy Grant non-trade. We're going to go with the Jeremy Grant non-trade first, and then we'll get into Marvin Bagley's trade, which, by the way, I really like. Um, we'll talk about him as a player. And also next week, I believe on Monday, we're going to have a crossover episode with the Lockdown Kings guy again. We'll talk about Marvin Bagley's uh, strengths, weaknesses, and I'll help him out with some of JJ's, uh, Josh Jackson, Trey Lyles' weaknesses, strengths, etc. cetera. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy that episode coming up next week. Um, but, yeah, Jeremy Grant. He wasn't traded. First of all, I want to say you guys, I told you guys that you guys could get me to do something fun, whatever, if he ended up not getting traded. Again, we're not shaving my beard. I'm not eating a one-chip challenge. We had some fun when one of you guys suggested I had to go buy a jersey and wear it on, on a recording one day. One of you guys said I'd drink a cup of salt. Like, something fun. Let's not do something that's going to hurt me or something. Let's, let's just have fun with this. So we'll figure that out in, like, the next few weeks in, like, an episode and, like, maybe next month or something. I'll let you guys know when it comes. I'll put it to like a voting poll or something. We'll have fun with it. Uh, but yeah, enough with all that. Do I agree with Jeremy Grant not being traded? I absolutely do not. Uh, I think this was a missed opportunity for the Detroit Pistons. Absolutely. Um, I know there's going to be, there's, there's another side to it. However, I just, the reason why Jeremy Grant's not traded is because the Pistons did not move off their asking price of two first round picks. And, I never thought that was a realistic asking price for him anyways. Um, a lot of people compared his the type of package the Pistons would want to Aaron Gordon. And I just don't think Aaron uh, Jeremy Grant is Aaron Gordon type. I don't think he's worth that much uh, as Aaron Gordon uh, got from uh, the Orlando Magic got from Denver for Aaron Gordon. I think Aaron Gordon probably is a, probably is a better player. Um Fits better uh, as a third option on teams. He's a much better passer, much more impactful defender, uh, in, uh, explosive athlete, finishes around the rim better. Like Aaron Gordon's is a better player than Jeremy Grant, and I don't think that he that Jeremy Grant was really going to get that that kind of package either. 
Um, however, despite all that, Jeremy Grant's value 100% was at its peak value right now. His value will not be as high as it is in the offseason as it is right now, and I'll tell you guys multiple reasons why. One, there were multiple contenders who were feeling the pressure to have to go get make a move to compete with the moves that you know I, I'm sure all of you guys already know about the, the Brooklyn Nets trading James Harden to the Philadelphia 76ers for Ben Simmons. Uh, but a lot of contenders felt the pressure and wanted Jeremy Grant to, to try to go out a run at this championship that seems wide open. So it, the interest was there because of that. That's one. That's why his value was pretty high. Another one. I had one of you guys tweet this to me, and I, I just want to make sure I make this clear. You guys asked me the question, um, you know, Jeremy Grant, if he's this – the biggest value guy on the market right now, if he's the most sought after guy in the market right now, why shouldn't we expect all this for him? That's Jeremy Grant being the most sought after or, or the, the best asset, I guess at the trade deadline right now, or, or previously the trade deadline's over um, does not mean he is viewed as like a bona fide all-star. That's not to compare that. that, that those things are not mutually in- exclusive. That's not, that's not how it works. Um, he is the hottest commodity right now because he is the best of what's available right now at the deadline. You, there's not many other players you're going to find that was as available as Jeremy on his contract right now at this moment as anyone else in the league right now. So that's why he was so sought after because he was a good plug-and-play guy, maybe like a third or fourth best player. He's on a decent contract, and he's available right now halfway through the year with another year left on his contract. That's why he was valuable right now. My concerns with what – Troy Reaver and the Pistons are trying to do. And it's not like they're they're just doing this with no plan. They have a plan. I just don't agree with the plan. You're risking a lot of things. You're risking the fact that he may get injured, which could absolutely hurt your value in the offseason. He could look continue to look worse the rest of the year. That could hurt his value as well. And thirdly, I think this is the major thing that I'm going to stick to when we talk about this, however many times we end up talking about it until he ends up trading in the offseason, is – Part of the reason why, like I just said, his value was so high because he was the best commodity as of that point. There was nothing else better than him at that point. It wasn't because Jeremy's great. It's because he was the best thing on the market right now that helped contenders. In the offseason when the Pistons are trying to trade him, he will not be the best commodity on the market. He will not be the most sought-after commodity on the market. He will not be the best player on the market. His contract will not be the best contract on the market in the offseason. So, therefore, his value and his want or the need for him is going to shoot down in the offseason. I don't agree with that. It's a major risk to be taking, I, I at least in my opinion. I don't like it. Uh, and then also there's on-the-court issues as well. Uh, we've talked about this a lot. The Pistons' offense, Jeremy Grant has played 945 minutes. There's only one player on the Pistons' team that has a worse, uh, has a worse on-off difference offensively on the floor than Jeremy Grant. And that's Isaiah Stewart. Jeremy Grant, the Pistons are 7.1 points worse offensively with him on the floor. Whether you like Jeremy, I know there's a lot of people out there that like Jeremy. Listen, Jeremy's a fine player. There's a reason why contenders would like him. He's good as a third or fourth option. But it is an absolute fact that Jeremy has not been that good this year. He has not been that good. And for being honest with ourselves and not being biased to our Pistons fandom, he has not been that good since the first 18 games of last season. He has not been, he's shooting 41% from the field, around 34% from deep. His turnovers are higher. His isolation numbers have absolutely went to the tank. He's selling for long jump, uh, long twos. He's not shooting well on these jumpers. He has not been that good for the Pistons. And I can tell you this as a fact, teams are concerned about how well, of a def- uh, he, uh, actually I won't say concerned, but they don't view him as some big time defender. 
Like he's a fine defender. He's not negative. He's a plus defender, but he's not this big time defender either. So I, I think you had to take advantage of his value right now because you're not going to see it like this in the offseason. And then my final question would be to wrap it up, and then we'll get into some of the fun things. We'll, we'll get into some fun news with Marvin Bagley and talk about why you should be excited about him and all that kind of stuff. My last question would be this. If, 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 you, are, if you are refusing to move off the two first rounds, first round picks as your value for Jeremy Grant, and I can tell you guys there were offers out there, and there was an offer out there. There, there were going to be offers out there that included at least one first round pick. It wasn't like the Pistons were getting like some like two big contracts like the Mavericks did for Kristaps Porzingis that were just trash and guys coming off injury. The Pistons got a, were being offered at least a, one young guy or at least one first round pick with something else. They were being offered that. That is one hundred percent true. If that was not enough for you to move off of Jeremy Grant, if you are sticking to your price of two first round picks. If 29 other NBA teams refuse to do that right now when his value was at his highest, what the hell makes you think they're going to do that in the offseason? What, 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 is, what is the proof out there? What makes you think that 29 other NBA teams in the offseason, where there's better players available, there's better free agents that they could go get, there's probably going to be better stars that end up wanting out or better role players, quote-unquote, that want out? What makes you think they're going to forfeit up a price they didn't want to give you a few months ago when they could go get someone else who may be better or maybe just as good as him for the price that they were originally giving you for for Jeremy Grant? What makes you think all of a sudden they're going to give you the value you wanted? So I'm going to predict that the Pistons probably end up trading Jeremy Grant in the offseason for exactly what they were being offered at the deadline. A first-round pick, maybe a young guy with it, possibly. They're not getting two first-round picks in a few months. It's not happening. And the only thing that could possibly happen, in my opinion, this is my opinion, you guys can disagree, in my opinion, the only thing that can happen is his value get worse. He could possibly get hurt. He could possibly continue to look worse. Teams, there's other guys that end up hitting the market that teams would rather have that are better than Jeremy Grant. Now he's no longer the highest commodity on the market. It doesn't make sense to me. It, it really doesn't. I feel like this is the best time to capitalize on Jeremy Grant's value, and the Pistons whiffed on it. That's just my opinion. We'll see how it goes. I really just – is what it is. We'll see what happens. I don't. I don't know why they didn't move him, but we're gonna get to more fun news. The Pistons trade for Marvin Bagley. We talked about this a little bit a few weeks ago. If this was a possibility, I've been hinting at this happening for a while now. What's What's there to look forward to with Marvin Bagley? We'll talk about this on the next segment of the podcast. But first, I have to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, BetOnline.net. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues this March through the playoffs, right to the big game in just a few days. We're going for Matthew Stafford over here, man. Win the Super Bowl. Get that Super Bowl MVP. I'd love it. Please do it. BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. BetOnline has up to a minute of info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real-time, update, real-time updates of current games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Make sure you go check out their new and updated website today at betonline.net. Betonline, where the game starts. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button over at the YouTube channel at Lockdown Pistons. If you're watching this on YouTube and you haven't hit it, go ahead and do it, what you've been waiting for. I really appreciate all the support. Uh, again, it's the best way to support the podcast. So if you enjoy the content, enjoy what we do over here, hit that subscribe button over there. It's, not, it's real, really easy. Um, but yes, the Pistons traded for Marvin Bagley. They didn't just go the entire deadline quiet. They didn't just do nothing at all. 
They did end up trading for Marvin Bagley. They traded Josh Jackson and Trey Lyles, who, listen, I am so happy that Trey Lyles is gone. Like, I'm almost more happy that Trey Lyles is gone than I am about Marvin Bagley coming back. But nonetheless, they traded those two guys and two second-round picks for the former number two overall pick. Uh, first, want to say thank you to Josh Jackson for what he did uh, when he was here. It was happy. It, it was a lot of fun to watch him play for his hometown team. He's a Detroit kid. We all love Josh. Uh, it started off really well last year, but it just never he was never able to get back to that, and it kind of got worse and worse. Uh, kind of hitting the rock bottom a few nights ago or last week, whatever, when he um when he got ejected off the bench uh, because of picking up a few technical fouls, and we haven't seen him since then. Uh, so it, it it wasn't able to work out how he probably would have wanted it to, but we definitely had some cool moments with Josh while he was in the Pistons uniform, and it sucks they had to be traded on his birthday away from his hometown, but it's business. Uh, Trey Lyles, you get none of that from me. I hate you. I do not like you as a player. Uh, but Marvin Bagley. I really like this trade for the Pistons. Uh, I've been hinting at this trade happening for a few weeks now. Now that the trade deadline is over, I can tell you guys, I had been hearing that this was going to happen for weeks. I've been trying to hint it for you guys uh, on here without coming out right out and saying it. I'm not in the interest of like trying to break news or, or spoil stuff or all that. Kind of, I'm not, that's not what I am. I'm a, I'm a personality. I'm a podcaster. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, all those things. I'm not, I'm not trying to be some like breaking news person, but I had been hearing that this was going to happen. Uh, so I, it's not shocking to me that this was this ended up happening. But Marvin Backley, the player, I think he's going to slot in as the backup four for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, I don't think he's going to play starting five. I, I know some people have already asked me, will he start over Stu? I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think Marvin Bagley is great at the five. I think he's probably best served as a four, but we'll see. They're, he's going to get his chance here to run. Uh, we'll, we'll see what it goes, how, how it goes. Uh, but I think he's going to fit in right in, in that backup four spot where Trey Lyles was, was at. However, there's one thing that we're going to spend this entire topic talking about here, and we'll talk about it on Monday when uh, we'll get we'll get Matt uh, George of the Lockdown Kings podcast. We'll have that crossover. We'll talk about more of them. But there's one thing that we'll talk about here, and it's the fact that Marvin Bagley and the rest of the season. It's not even just about Marvin Bagley. It's really about fit how Jeremy and Sadiq fit together. Jeremy and Sadiq Cade fit together. The rest of the season, you should be watching K- Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey should be at the center of the spotlight this rest of the season. I'll talk about a little bit why I mentioned Jeremy Sadiq and Cade in the later segment, but for Marvin Bagley, while Marvin Bagley should just be put into that backup four spot where Trey Lyles was, soak up all those minutes, probably even more, I would say, get some more minutes than Trey Lyles, he should not be used the same as Trey Lyles at all. Dwayne Casey should not, I repeat, should not just plug him right into a Trey Lyles role because you will, it will end in a failure with Marvin Bagley. It will end in a failure if that happens. Marvin Bagley is extremely explosive around the rim. He shot 73% at the rim on his career. He's a great finisher around the rim. Again, extremely explosive and, and quick kind of explosiveness. Like, you know how uh, a few years ago when you'd watch Andre Drummond, his second jump was just like, that's how he got his offensive rebounds. That's how fast, like, Marvin Bagley explodes off the ground. He's exceptional around the basket. Explodes. He's an ex- extremely good athlete around there. The Pistons need to utilize that. And, and and make life easier for him and take advantage of that. Something they don't have they haven't had on the team all year. They need to now warp their offense around and try to take advantage of what they now have in Marvin Bagley. And that is not giving him pick and pops. That is not giving him pick and pops to try to dribble drive off of. That is not tr- uh to ask him to 
pump fake and 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 try to create for himself and like all that stuff. Trey Lyles did all the self shot creation. That should not be what you ask of Marvin Bagley. Marvin Bagley should not be asked to do self creation for himself. He should not be plugged at the five and expected to be this pick and pop guy. 100% should not. And God help me now. He should not be just placed in the corner. Marvin Bagley is shooting 23% from deep this or 24% from deep this season. Now, last year he shot 34%. Maybe he can hover back up towards that. But all of this is a small sample size. He's only played 148 games over the last two seasons. He's only played 73 games. So you don't really know where he's at as a three-point shooter. He's probably, I'm going to assume, probably around like a 31, 32% three-point shooter. I'm, I think that's probably realistically where he's at. He's not a real good three-point shooter. He should not be just plucked in the corner. He should not be asked to do self-creation. He should be asked to do what he's great at. And what he's great at is what the Pistons have been desperately needed all freaking season. A guy who is explosive around the basket, who can finish around the basket. Let me just read you some of his numbers to give you an idea of how the Pistons should be using him. Per his synergy chart. His most play types is spotting up. As you would assume, he ranks in the 14th percentile, which synergy ranks as poor. He should not be a spot-up player. Luke Walton, the Kings, how they were using him, eh, should, just no. Should never happen. The Pistons should absolutely move completely away from just spotting him up. If it happens, I swear to God, I'll come on here, I'll lose my mind. It, 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 may, it would make no sense to do that. I'll lose my mind on this podcast if they do that. However... You go to his next big, uh, most used uh, play type, offensive rebounds, putbacks. He's in the 88th percentile. Excellent. He's really good off of putbacks. He can, like I've said already, he's an extremely explosive athlete. He can get up quickly to put the ball back in the basket. Take advantage of that. Keep him around the rim. As a pick and roll man, he only has 26 possessions of this, which is just absolutely shocking. I can't believe the Kings weren't using him as a pick and roll man. But he ranks in the 52nd percentile, and Synergy ranks that as good. Use him as a pick-and-roll man. Use him in lobs. He's a good athlete. He can catch lobs and finish them. He's a good athlete. Utilize him in pick-and-roll situations. You have a lob threat now. Use it. Hosting up uh, possessions. He only has 25 of those, but he's in the 93rd percentile. Again, a small sample size, but you see where he's good at. He's good around the basket. Keep him around the basket. That's where he's best at. That's where he's best at. That's what you should be using him as. Not a spot-up player. Not asking him to try to dribble drive off of spot up uh, off of uh, a pick and pop. You shouldn't be putting him. And this is something we had been talking about in the podcast that has been really getting on my nerves. The last few weeks, the Pistons have been putting Trey Lyles in decision making situations. We all know that's awful. He's awful at decision making. He's not a good passer. He's just not good. He should not be put in decision making circumstances. Neither should Marvin Bagley. You should not be putting Marvin Bagley in scenarios where he has to decide how the play goes. You should not be putting him in positions where he has to decide who's open. How do I get this guy open? You should not be asking him to do any of those kind of like shot creation kind of things. You should be making life easier on him, giving him dump offs, giving him pick and roll lobs, feeding him the ball and mismatches in the post when he gets it, and getting him as many looks around the basket and taking advantage in transition. He's a really good athlete too. He's fast for his size as well. Run up and down the floor. Use his athleticism. Take advantage of his of how well and how good he is at finishing around the rim. That's what the Pistons should be doing, and that is 100% what you should be watching for the rest of the year. Does Dwayne Casey make that adjustment? For the longest time, you go back to his career with the Toronto Raptors, the biggest critique on Dwayne Casey has been his lack of offensive creation. If he does not change this offense, or now he doesn't even have to change the offense. If he just doesn't 
get make Marvin Bagley do what Trey Lyles was doing and, and popping all the time or just throwing him in the corner like he does every non-shooter that's ever played for the Detroit Pistons. Bruce Brown, Stanley Johnson, Killian Hayes, Sekou. If he does it again with Marvin Bagley, it, there's no excuse. It'll be if he if he ends up failing because of that, it's 100% should be blamed on Dwayne Casey. That that's what you should be watching for the rest of the season cuz this dude has a chance to really to really make it in this league. He wants to be good. He has a chance to be really damn good in this league. You have to utilize him to his strengths. If the Pistons don't do that, it will be because of Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey has to give him looks at the rim. He should not be popping. He should not be trying to dribble drive. He should not be trying to make decisions as a as a playmaker or something. That's not how he should be used. I told you guys how he should be used. We'll see how it goes. I'm extremely excited for him if they use him that way. I think he's going to be absolutely fantastic. And the Pistons are absolutely going to love it because they desperately have needed this from that type of position all year long. He figured he really should be exactly what they asked for. Now it comes down to the coaching staff. Will they get will they use him how he should be used? Will they take advantage of what they now have? We'll see what happens. When we'll come back, we'll talk about why we should be watching Dwayne Case for the rest of the year when it comes to now the fact that Jeremy's staying, why he needs to find a way to make Jeremy, Sadiq, and Cade work. And we'll talk about some of the other things I want to hit on on the podcast before we wrap up. But before we get into any of that, I have to tell you guys about some of our sponsors. First of all, Spotify. Cha-ching! It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives op- entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online, in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibilities. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Like mine, Shopify powers millions of businesses from first sale to full scale. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Gain interest as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is po- this is possibility powered by Shopify. So go to shopify.com slash NBA, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash NBA right now. That's shopify.com slash NBA. Then let me tell you about another one of our sponsors, your guys' favorite sponsor, Built Bar. This is the time of year where I usually would just give up on all my New Year's resolutions. But not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's not even really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. And they're covered in 100% Real chocolate. And not just those, but all built bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, puffs included, like I just said, 100% real chocolate. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to built.com and scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be absolutely blown away. High protein, low calories. High fiber, low carbs. Most built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And they have all kinds of new flavors every day. You Make sure you check out Built.com to see all the new flavors, such as milk, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, 
And you guys know my favorite is the peanut butter flavor as well. At Built Bar, they're all about the taste. They make it delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every single time. So make sure you go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. So I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, hit that subscribe button. I would really appreciate it. It's the best way to support the podcast. But so to wrap up the podcast, I want to say this, like we talked about in the last segment. Dwayne Casey's on the microscope for me the rest of the season. Now, I've tried my absolute hardest, and maybe it doesn't come off that way because I have criticized Dwayne Casey all year. But I have tried my absolute hardest to not go too hard in Dwayne Casey this year. I've tried to be fair. I've tried to not talk about him as much on the podcast. I've tried. I've tried my hardest. Because I know a lot of you guys don't want to hear that as much. And a lot. And to be honest, his, the roster is not that great. So that part is true. However, you can't deny it. You, you, you can't not talk about it right now. Dwayne Casey, for his entire head coaching career, if you guys don't believe me, go talk to any Toronto fan, go talk to any Raptors beat writer, go talk to anyone who writes for the Raptors, does a podcast for the Raptors, anything. For his entire career, his singular most consistent critique has been his lack of offensive creation. He is not creative offensively. I feel like if you guys, if, if people just aren't as biased towards the Pistons this year, you will see the Pistons' offense is not creative at all. It's very... It lacks structure. It's not creative. They don't find creative ways to like get players involved or anything like that. Heck, the one I point out is that they had to move Killian Hayes to the bench just to get the ball in his hands. Like it shouldn't have come to that. Now, if if you guys think Killian Hayes is better off the bench, he should be coming off the bench. Fine, but the reason why they moved Killian to the bench was to get the ball in his hands more. And if that's the reason, it shouldn't have taken that. You sure it's, it's easy to find a way to get him and K the ball. It, it is what it is. That's just one of the reasons. There's plenty of other ones, but that's the one you guys know I always point out is the most. Now, with the Pistons deciding to keep Jeremy Grant past this deadline, the one of the biggest things that one of the biggest concerns outside all the risk I talked about at the beginning of the, of the show, talking about possible trades in the future with Jeremy Grant. Now you have to deal with the on court problem, and the on court problem is the fact that Jeremy and Sadiq don't fit together. They don't, and there's legitimate concerns about whether Jeremy Jeremy Sadiq and Kay Cunningham fit together. Like I already read earlier, the offense is 7.1 points worse with Jeremy on the on the floor. It's not coincidence. He hasn't been that good this year. He's not been that efficient. He just hasn't been. That's just the straight-up facts. He just hasn't. So, and, and Sadiq has shown that he's, he was better without Jeremy. And maybe it's not even just Jeremy. It's maybe just the fact that he's better at the four spot. That looks like where Sadiq's at his best. So if you're going to keep Jeremy now, it's absolutely on Dwayne Casey to find a way to make sure this is not an impediment against your team the rest of the season. The development of Sadiq Bey, the development of Kate Cunningham, the development of Isaiah Stewart, the development of Killian Hayes, the development of your team is absolutely the key to this the key to this season. And so far, there's enough a sample size to legitimately question if Jeremy Grant helps the development of Kate Cunningham and Sadiq Bay. I'm flat out. You guys know I'm flat out on the side of we've seen enough. We know that he doesn't. His play does not help. The way he wants to play, it doesn't help. And Sadiq hasn't played as well with Jeremy Grant on the floor. Coach Casey now, since they decided to keep Jeremy Grant, has to find a way to make that work. He has to try to make it to where Sadiq and Jeremy can coexist. He has to find a way to now shift some of those touches that were going to Jeremy 
Shift those touches to Sadiq. Shift those touches to Cade. Those guys deserve it. They des- they should be getting those. And Jeremy needs some of his workload cut. I hope that they're not going to spend the rest of the year trying to show off Jeremy and, and then give him more touches to try to show him off more. I hope that's not the plan. The plan should be to try to make this work and try continue to develop your players. It, it This is going to be on Dwayne Casey. Dwayne Casey has to put his foot down and find a way to make it work. They decide to keep him. You have to try and make it work. That's, that's why I'm paying attention to the rest of the season. If, if the offense doesn't change and it's just the same thing we've seen all year and Jeremy continues to get his rate and Sadiq continues to struggle with Jeremy because he just goes back into this simply strictly off-ball role, that's on, that's on Dwayne Casey. It's not on Jeremy. Jeremy's just playing what he's being given to do. Heck, I'll tell you guys this much. If I was told by a coach, hey, you can shoot um, – you, you can go out there and you can shoot as many times as you want. You can shoot 40 times if you want. Go out there, we're going to give you the ball. Heck, I'd do the same damn thing. It's under the coach to now have to change it. And if he doesn't, I'm not gonna, I'm not saying he should be fired because I don't think they're going to fire him. But he should absolutely be receiving criticism if he doesn't. Dwayne Casey is not this sacred lamb the way that he just shouldn't be criticized and just be held in the utmost honor. No, if he's not doing something right, he needs to be criticized. And if he doesn't change the offense, that will be – Something that he should absolutely be ridiculed for. We'll see what happens. That's what I got my eyes on for the rest of the year. Since they decided to keep Jeremy, now it's on Dwayne. He has to try to make this work. And if it doesn't, it's on Dwayne. But uh, now it's the end of the podcast. I'm going to go ahead and give you guys this right here. And then we'll end the podcast. Now the deadline has passed, I can tell you guys everything that I have been hearing. Uh, listen, when I say stuff on the podcast, I feel pretty confident behind it. If it, it's not because I'm just making this stuff out of thin air. That's all I'm going to say to you guys. I'm not in the interest of breaking news or anything, but I will use what I know to talk about what I'm going to talk about. Um, the Portland Trailblazers, 100%, were some of the biggest uh, guys going for uh, Jeremy Grant. Interest did start to heat up to the point where, yes, I did believe that he was 100% getting traded, but the Pistons just didn't move off of their offer, or off of their stance of two first-round picks. Uh, Portland got interested. Um, the Nets were were interested. The Kings were still interested on the final day after the trade with the Marvin Bagley. They were still interested. Uh, they were still interested in trying to make find a way to get Jeremy as, long, uh, as well. Uh, so there was plenty of interest across the league. And the Pistons were getting offers. They were being offered at least one first-round pick. They were being offered at least one young guy. They were being offered this. But they weren't getting what they wanted, which was around the two first-round picks or a, a high first-round pick and a really good young player. They were not getting those offers. Because teams do not value across the league. They don't value Jeremy Grant like that. So that's why I had been hearing for a while now. Um, I thought that the Pistons were going to eventually bite or or bite on one of these offers or just lower their their value on Jeremy towards the deadline. Uh, Because teams' offers did get better around the deadline. Like Portland 100%, their moves were trying to go after Jeremy. When they got that trade exception and made that trade, they that was in order. They were pushing for Jeremy, and 100. I think he still ends up in in Portland probably after the season. After the season before the draft, I think Portland goes and trades for him. I think the offer probably will just be the same. I don't think anything changes there, but I think Portland will then trade for him then, and and the Pistons will just accept it at that point. Um, but yeah, that that's why I'd been hearing. So uh, we'll we'll see what happens in the off season. But yeah, that's why I'd been hearing for the last few weeks. Uh, and yeah, I, I had I had basically understood that Marvin Bagley was probably going to be a piston for the past like month or so. Uh, the interest was real for a long time. They really liked Marvin. Uh, I had known this was probably going to happen for a while now. Um, 
I was dying inside, not like straight up saying, hey, you guys need to have fun with it. But I, I hinted at it for a while. So basically what I'm saying is, you know, maybe read in between some lines if you guys think, well, he's kind of hitting on that a lot. Maybe he's saying this for a reason. That's all I'm saying, man. That's all I'm saying. We're going to have the podcast up there. Let me know what you guys think about not trading Jeremy Grant on Twitter or at, in the comment section down below. Let me know what you guys think about the Marvin Bagley trade on Twitter or in the comment section down below. Uh, we're probably going to do a mailbag podcast on Saturday again. So if you're listening this far deep, put some questions in the comment section down below. Also, tweet me some questions, hashtag mailbag. I'll be sure to try to get them answered on Saturday. But until next time, enjoy the game tonight. Uh, actually, no, by the time you guys listen, this will be last night. Hopefully the game went well. Uh, hopefully they don't get absolutely smoked uh, but we'll see what happens until the next podcast i'll see you guys later peace out everybody and go pistons